Well, I'm excited to get into God's Word with you today. If you have your Bibles or you're following along on an app, if you would turn with me to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3. If you can choose your translation, we're going to be looking at the English Standard Version of that text. Habakkuk, chapter 3, is the reading of God's Word. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, according to Shigianoth. O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Taman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled his power. Before him went pestilence and plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. I saw your tents of cushion and affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers or your indignation against the sea when you rode on your horses on your chariot of salvation? You stripped the sheath from your bow, calling for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging water swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their place at the light of your arrows as they sped, at the flash of your glittering spear. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. You pierced with his own arrows the head of his warriors, who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters into my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Amen. Well, today we are concluding our short series through the book of Habakkuk. And if you've been with us for the past few weeks, you know that this book basically details a back and forth conversation between the prophet Habakkuk and God. And back in chapter one, you have the prophet Habakkuk airing out his frustrations with God because he's looking around and he sees his entire nation falling apart before his eyes. And he's like, God, where are you? Why are you silent? Why are you idly sitting by while all of this is happening? And God responds to him and he says, even if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe it. But if you really want to know, what I'm going to do is that first, I'm going to raise up those wicked, corrupt, godless Babylonians to execute my justice, to discipline my people. So what that means for you is that it's going to get a lot worse than you think. Well, obviously Habakkuk doesn't understand. He has more questions now and he starts asking, what do you mean by that? Does that mean you're just going to let evil prevail? And then last week in chapter two, God responds a second time and he says, of course, I'm not going to let evil prevail. 
but I'm going to take care of it in my time, my way. So for now, you're just going to have to trust me and wait. And now we get to the back of chapter 3, and I wish I could tell you there was a happy ending to this book. That conditions somehow improve, that Habakkuk finally gets the answer he's looking for, that life returns to normal, that God blesses his people tenfold. But we see none of that. In fact, God doesn't speak at all after chapter 2. And at the end of chapter 3, the entire economy is decimated. Take a look at what it says in verse 17. The fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines. The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Translation, the stock market has crashed, unemployment rates are skyrocketing, and people are struggling to put food on the table. In an agricultural society, the picture Habakkuk paints is one of Armageddon. This is worst case scenario. And I know for a lot of us tuning in, this hits us, hits us really close to home. And I think a lot of us feel a lot of what Habakkuk is feeling in verse 16. If you notice what he says, he says, I hear and my body trembles. My lips quiver at the sound. Rottenness enters my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. And he's expressing a deep sinking feeling that what if things don't go back to normal? That maybe life isn't going to return the way that I think it is. But notice what he says right after that. He says, Yet I will quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Remember last week how we talked about waiting on the Lord in the midst of pain and uncertainty and how that produces in us a posture of dependence and humility? Well, that's exactly what we see in the prophet Habakkuk in chapter 3. We don't actually see a change in his circumstances, but we do see a change in his character. Remember that guy in chapter 1 who was going at God, who was interrogating him, questioning him? Well, we see a completely different man in chapter 3. Notice how he begins his prayer in verse 2. He says, O Lord, I have heard the report of you, and your work, O Lord, do I fear. And then if you jump down to verse 10, the mountain saw you and writhed. The raging water swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their place at the light of your arrows as they sped at the flash of your glittering spear. And on and on and on, he's going to talk about God's power and his sovereignty. Do you see what's happening here? Habakkuk is finally beginning to grasp his smallness in the presence of a holy God. And we see this happens not in spite of the pressure he's facing, but because of it. We've all heard the saying that diamonds are made under pressure, that a diamond at its core is nothing more than a lump of coal. But you apply enough pressure and heat to that lump of coal, and all of a sudden it transforms into a beautiful, unbreakable, pure stone. You know, I've been following a lot of you on social media this week uh, who are doing, who are making Talgona coffee. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's an online trend that's going viral. But all it is, is basically instant coffee granules, sugar, and water. And if you whisk these three ingredients violently enough, 
And I've seen some of you guys try to do this manually, almost break your arms. But if you whisk them violently enough, all of a sudden these instant coffee granules become this beautiful, fluffy dollop of magic. And in the same way, God often uses these sudden, even violent upheavals, kind of like the one we're in right now, in order to turn us into the resilient, strong, unbreakable people of faith he desires us to be. And at the end of this chapter, we see a complete shift in Habakkuk's disposition and perspective, that in the midst of his entire nation falling apart, he says these words. He says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. I mean, that's remarkable. Remember, he doesn't say this once the crisis has passed. He says this in the middle of the crisis. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, when from a cold prison, sitting there alone, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And time and time again throughout Scripture, you see the people of God, not once the storm has passed, but in the eye of the storm, in the moment of their greatest suffering and need, acknowledging God for who He is and what He's done. Well, where do these people get the power to do this? Where does Habakkuk get the power to say, I rejoice in the Lord? Well, notice what he says. He says, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. That in the midst of his, this economic and social collapse that surrounds him, Habakkuk remembers his salvation. I don't know if you noticed this, but if you actually read through all of chapter 3, all this entire prayer is, is Habakkuk recounting the story of the Exodus. If you look in verse 5, when he talks about the pestilence and the plagues, he's talking about Egypt. In verse 15, when he says, You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters, he's talking about the splitting of the Red Sea. You see, Habakkuk, in his moment of fear and anxiety and uncertainty, chooses to remember the gospel. There's barely anything in this final prayer about Habakkuk asking God to fix his circumstances. Everything is Habakkuk acknowledging who God is and what he's done. And he's allowing the story of what God has done in the past to shape his faith and his hope in the present. So that while everyone else around him is probably panicking and afraid, Habakkuk can rejoice because he remembers a God who delivers people. This is who he is. This is what he does. You know, earlier I mentioned that today was Palm Sunday. And I mentioned that when Jesus came into Jerusalem, you had the crowds shouting, Hosanna. And we see that word used once in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, the meaning of that word is, help me, save me. But over the centuries, the meaning of that word has shifted from help me, save me, to my help is here. Salvation has come. And you know, I know a lot of us tuning in right now are praying the prayer, help me, save me. Not realizing that God answered that prayer a long time ago through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
so that whatever we're going through in this very moment, we can look at the cross and we can say, our salvation has come. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation.